the Rangers followed up the worst loss of the season with somehow an even worse loss. And now it looks like their season might just be over. We're going to talk about all that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Paddock, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Today is Wednesday, September 6th. Your Rangers are 76 and 62, and for the first time since April, they are out of a playoff position. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Paddock. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Before we get into this episode it's brought to you by FanDuel make every moment more with FanDuel right now customers bet five dollars and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started now this was just the most brutal game of baseball I think I might have ever watched the Rangers in case you missed it uh, or somehow blissfully uh, missed it the Rangers lost 14 to 1 and honestly it didn't even feel that close. This game was over, done, and dusted basically from the moment Eovaldi stepped on the mound. He was back after missing a month and a half, nearly two months with el- with uh, forearm inflammation, and it seems like it seems like he was pretty pretty clearly not ready to start a major league baseball game because in the first inning he allowed three runs, then came out for the second inning did just get one out and allowed two home runs, including including one to Jose Altuve, one of his three on the day. I mean, just my goodness. He had three home runs in the first three innings. It was just insane. Honestly, as much as I hate Jose Altuve, that was incredibly impressive, just destroying the Rangers and needing only three innings to do it. The game was so bad and so out of hand that Corey Seager was taken out of the game after three innings. When you're down 9 nothing after three innings to your biggest rival in the biggest game of your season so far. I mean, every single one of these games have been the biggest game of the season and they had epic collapse after epic collapse after epic collapse on the Labor Day game, but on Tuesday's game, well, they at least knew they were out of it pretty quickly. This was a rough start. Thankfully, you've always said that he felt healthy. That's at least a nice positive, and it seems like Dane Dunning is going to be out of this rotation. And After this performance, it, you can kind of see why everything kind of came crushing back down to earth for Dane Dunning. His, his season ERA was, I believe, around 320 heading into this game, and now it's at 388. He went five and a third inning, so good on him for munching through some innings and taking the load off of this already battered, bruised, busted bullpen, which we'll talk about later on. Um, But 11 hits, 9 runs, all of them earned 3 home runs. The Astros hit 6 home runs in this game. They hit 5 in the game before. Nathan Eovaldi only got 4 outs, and he allowed 2 home runs. 2 home runs in just an inning and a third. And he allowed 5 hits as well. 4 in runs and 1 walk. And did get 1 strikeout of Maldonado, who, of course, also went off. The number 1 and the number 9 hole hitters on the Astros went off. Martin Maldonado had a multi-homer game. That's just 
utterly embarrassing. A guy who, even after hitting two home runs, had a has a 598 OPS on the season. Like, that's just... Honestly, this was one of the most brutal, humiliating, just butt-whoopings that you can imagine. Everybody's eyes were on this game. Everybody's watching this game. Everybody is looking at this AL West race, and it feels like the Astros have already run away with it. Maybe the Rangers pull one out on Wednesday night uh, as you're listening to this. Maybe the the Scherzer-Verlander deal uh, or Bill, what a game lives up to the hype. There's some nice comments by uh, Scherzer and Verlander about how their relationship has grown, and that's all warm and fuzzy and whatever. But I kind of, I don't know. Part of me just wish he said, you know, actually, I hate that guy. I hate that he's on the Astros. I hate the Astros because now I'm a Texas Ranger, and they are our biggest competition. But now he's a, a little more emotionally mature, clearly, than I am um, in his wizened age of 39. It's like, nah. No, we're cool. We we have no beef, but I'm sure they will definitely have beef when they are on the mound on Wednesday night. And maybe it's a maybe it's a barn burning game like Monday. But after this one, it just feels brutal. And I'm glad that Nathan Eovaldi is back and healthy. He was limited to just 35 pitches. His fastball velocity was down, and I feel like the real the real sign that he just was not right. Other than him completely missing his location, it felt like with nearly every single pitch. The two home runs that he he gave up were both just as middle middle as you can freaking get. The fastball velocity was down, and he only got one swing and miss the entire game on 35 pitches. One swing and miss, and of course it came from Martin Maldonado, the only strikeout he had on the day, uh, Nathan Eovaldi. Martin Maldonado had three strikeouts. Two for five. It is either a home run or a strikeout. Very very much the Martin Maldonado experience. But, I mean, literally, you look up and down this lineup, literally every starter had a hit. Every single one of them. Even John Singleton, who came in um, for Jose Abreu late on in this game. He, he also got a hit. Um, even, uh, where we go, Myers is the only person who played in this game who did not reach base for the Houston Astros. Even Kissinger came in for Jose Altuve late on this one. He went one for one with a single because, of course, why, why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he go one for one with a single? I mean, this was just utterly humiliating, embarrassing, and just laughable. Honestly, I, I got to the end of this game when, well, I turned it off after about the fourth fifth inning yeah about the fifth inning because there was nothing more to be learned from this i did go back and watch what ian kennedy did the the big life-saving bullpen move that the rangers had to make some big dramatic change to their bullpen and here it is ian kennedy of course i mean i'm again i'm glad nathan you have all these back we'll see how much he's built up for the next start when that's going to be um maybe he'll throw 50 pitches maybe he'll up his swings and misses to, to two. Maybe he'll be a little bit more in command of himself, his pitches and, and all that. I mean, he hadn't faced live hitters since mid-August. He'd thrown half a dozen bullpens, but, um, you know, I feel like he should have faced live hitters maybe once more just before he came out just to see if you can get major league hitters out. I was all for just taking taking the uh, more aggressive approach and, and not doing a rehab assignment because there's only so much you can do from that. There's only so much you can learn of getting minor leaguers out. They are nowhere close to as good as big leaguers, which is why they are in the minor leagues. But it can help you get some stamina, get some feel for pitching against actual hitters. 
And I think that maybe that could have been helpful. It's easy to second guess in hindsight, but I was the one smashing the, you know, put him back in there, put him back in. The Rangers need every little bit from him. And, uh, well, they got a, a whole inning and a third out of him, and it didn't seem like he was nearly as lit up as Dane Dunning. Just a very, very bad, horrible, horrible, no good, very bad, ugly baseball game that feels much more weighty than just one game. Coming up, we're going to look at the after effects of the earth-shattering move to get Ian Kennedy up on this big league roster to try and do something to fix this bullpen. But first, let's word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Sales. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach, cold outreach is wasting the time both the buyer and seller at every single stage, especially when sellers are using shallow, outdated data. Your organization can overcome these challenges with technology that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to better outcomes like more pipeline, higher win rates, and larger deals. We call this Deep Sales, and we've built the first Deep Sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash locked on. That's linkedin.com slash locked on for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash locked on to get started. Shout out to the editors for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every single day on tomorrow's show. I don't know. Maybe I'll end up talking about the New York Rangers, a team that uh, is uh, maybe better at playing baseball down the stretch than this Texas Rangers team. The Rangers take on the Astros this week and catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, the Rangers, I said on yesterday's show that they needed to do something dramatic with this bullpen. Something desperately needed to change. And, well, they made two transactions uh, to to make some moves to get Nathan Eovaldi on this team. And they designated Glenn Otto for assignment and put Josh Spores on the 15-day IL. I think that's the last we're going to be seeing of Josh Spores this season. And it's it seems like it's definitely the last we're going to be seeing of Glenn Otto. Now, cutting bait with Glenn Otto to get Ian Kennedy on this roster feels like a, a knee-jerk reaction. But honestly, it it's kind of one of the few moves that the Rangers had to make. I mean, Glenn Otto is a guy who showed some promise, had some some decent starts, did way more than the Rangers, or did what the Rangers were asking him to do, which was probably way more than he was capable of the last couple years. Actually, mainly just, I think it was just last year that, that he was you know starting a bunch of games. He didn't start, I believe, any games this season at the Major League level for the Rangers, and that feels like a big win, but it is a bummer to see him go. He came over in the Joey Gallo trade, and the Rangers got some some decent innings out of him last year. He was um, a little bit worse than league average, but gave them 135 and two-thirds innings and 27 starts last year that they desperately needed. I mean, if it wasn't going to him, then it would be going to, I don't know, Taylor Hearn or man remember when Garrett Richards was the thing for a little while or Spencer Howard I mean there just was not a whole lot there or Colby Allard uh yeah yeah that that was rough I mean the, the Rangers started Dallas Keigel for two games last year it was just desperate so getting 27 starts from Glenn Otto I mean a hat tip to him for for doing his job it was you know unsexy innings it was not the craziest stuff but I really thought that once Glenn Otto I mean, he was a reliever. It felt like that was a, a surefire thing. That You know, he's got that great breaking ball that really, really gets a lot of swings and misses, basically all of his swings and misses, and he does a really good job of throwing that um, a decent amount of the time. And 
it's a, an effective pitch, and it's really I thought it would be really effective in the bullpen. Turns out, not so much. I thought that fastball would tick up a few more ticks on the velocity meter when he's only throwing an inning or two, and turns out that wasn't really the case. He was still, it, I mean, ticked up a little bit, but not nearly as much as I was hoping. I was hoping it would be upper 90s, but it really, like, I think it topped out at around 96-ish miles an hour, averaging about 94, like, just not elite stuff, and it, it didn't have great ride on it or great spin. He didn't have great extension. It just, we just didn't see a whole lot from Glen Otto. So, I mean, there might be some people who are like, oh, you're really cutting bait on Glen Otto. Yeah, I mean, we we've seen we've seen Guanato. We kind of know what he is at this point. Maybe someone else will fix him. Maybe he'll go to the Rays and they'll tweak like one thing and he'll end up being freaking amazing. But it just wasn't going to happen with the Rangers. And that's unfortunate. I kind of thought that they were going to DFA spores over DFAing Otto, but it seems like they made their choice. They needed to make room on the 40 man. Now Ian Kennedy is here. And what does he do in his first batter that he faces at the big league level this year? Uh, well, of course, he gives up a massive home run to Jordan Alvarez because that's just kind of the way things were going with the Rangers. Couldn't have one nice thing. The only, again, back-to-back nights where the only pitcher who did not allow a run was Austin Hedges. I don't know if he's going to be, I don't know if he's going to be ready to come out of the pen on on Wednesday night if the Rangers are getting beat down again. I mean, you know, you, you can't throw him on back-to-back-to-back nights. You can't, you can't throw your closer like that that often. Maybe, maybe Austin Hedges is the closer now. Also, kind of find it hilarious that he pinch it for Garver as because he was going to be the pitcher and Garver was DHing. Like that's honestly hilarious. And the fact that he got a he got a hit. I mean, maybe the player of the game for the Rangers is is Austin Hedges for going another scoreless inning, um, doing what no other pitcher could do on this roster, um, and getting a hit. Or it's probably Marcus Simeon who went, you know, two for four with a walk and an RBI. The only run driven in in this game. We saw a very rare offer from Seager. Granted, he was pulled after three innings because the Rangers were down by nine. Um, but over two with two strikeouts. That is not something you see very often from Corey Seager. They were just dominated by Fran Valdez and you know, they got uh the Astros got two shutout innings from Kunal and like the lowest leverage innings you could possibly have by literally anybody but i mean ian kennedy is the move really that just kind of shows you how desperate the rangers are i mean his underlying data in in round rock was tweeted out by scott lucas of the newberg report and it showed that his splitter is is pretty good but the fastball is just it's just not there anymore it just it has nothing left the rangers are just kind of hoping for some babbit luck on you know, hard hit balls just happen to be hit at guys. And honestly, I'm kind of sad to say, I think that's the best solution. It's just such a rough state right now. And just beat down after beat down after brutal loss after brutal loss. It just, it feels pretty hopeless at this point for the Rangers. Now they're only, I believe, a half game out of a wild card spot. As I am recording this, the uh, Blue Jays are playing the A's this afternoon. So maybe as you're listening to this, the Blue Jays have lost and the Rangers go into this game against the Astros tonight, tied for the third wild card spot. But even then, it's just what about this team is is giving you hope right now like there there's just not a whole lot of reasons for optimism it's it had been a fun season and uh, it's kind of hard to to look at the bright side when your team is going through it in such a huge huge way maybe we're going to try and do that a little bit in the third segment have some reason for optimism or just look at why this team is completely and totally dead but first this word from our sponsors This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. 
Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. You can bet on the Rangers, if you're feeling really good about the Rangers, you know, turning it around and making a deep run or just even heck, making it to the playoffs at this point, I'm sure you can get half decent odds. That I'm not sure the Rangers are um, projected to be the favorites to get that third wild card spot at this point. But I mean, who knows if you're feeling it, then visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Shout out to the Everydayers for making Locked on Rangers your first listen every single day. On Friday's show, I'll be talking about the minor leagues, hopefully getting a look in person at Wyatt Langford on Thursday. But you can catch every pitch of the Rangers hometown broadcast as they take on the Astros this week on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, after last night's epic, horrendous butt-kicking by the Astros, it felt like a time to mourn the season. Just pour one out everything's done hope is dead love is dead baseball is dead for the texas rangers because it's just one of those games that sucks your absolute soul out of your body and leaves you broken angry screaming on twitter memeing on twitter um and uh, yelling into your pillow um about how this stupid bullpen ruined your entire life and mental health or maybe maybe that's just me maybe i'm projecting onto you a little bit or maybe you're doing that too or maybe you're an astros fan or mariners fan just here to enjoy the the schadenfreude uh, if you if you are then uh thank you for the money that you're giving me by listening to these ads um appreciate it appreciate all the listeners out there whether they are uh schadenfreuding or if they are you know commiserating with the death of the Rangers season. Maybe, maybe this all feels premature. I mean, the Rangers are literally a half game out of a playoff spot, but I mean, the last three weeks have just been absolutely brutal. I mean, who would have thought, who would have thought that one loss to the angels would spark this kind of a downturn? I mean, it wasn't just that one loss. It was, you know, not having Nathan Eovaldi for six weeks, not having, um, Corey Seager for a little stretch. Actually, the Rangers were still winning when they didn't have Corey Seager. Not having Josh Young, it feels like, was the death blow to this team. It took a little while for them to start losing a little bit more once Josh Young was out, but it felt like that was kind of the beginning of the end. I mean, that stupid Jorge Soler, 109-mile-an-hour line drive right into Joshua's thumb, um, just kind of sunk everything. I mean, the Rangers won their next two after that. I mean, won two out of three against the the A's, won two out of three against the Giants, won two out of three against the Angels. And then, um, you know, just one loss and one more loss and one more loss and one more loss. I mean, Reed Detmers killed the Rangers season. Reed Detmers and Jorge Soler combined to kill the Rangers season. Like what a, what a wild, weird, uh, random combination of factors to kind of put the nail in the coffin of a a season that this team was really good. This team still is a pretty good baseball team. Clearly a very flawed roster, um, mainly just in the bullpen area, the starting rotation. It definitely has its, its down ticks and, and, and such, but for the most part, it's been really good. Max Scherzer has been really good. Jordan Montgomery has been a great trade for the Rangers. Dane Dunning has been, uh, well, has been his best season by far. Martin Perez really fell off a cliff, but he needs 
pretty much done his job as, as has John Gray and Nathan Eovaldi was I mean maybe even the AL Cy Young favorite before he went down due to injury but I mean they lost Jacob DeGrom after a month they have lost Nathan Eovaldi for a decent chunk of time they lost Corey Seager for a decent chunk of time they have lost um, Josh Young and Jonah Heim for decent chunks due to injuries I mean it's just one thing after another thing after another thing and it just doesn't feel like this is a team that can come back from these losses that are just mounting. I mean, you can question a lot of things about this team, about you know whether whether the bullpen should have been addressed, whether they should have given Cole Reagans a chance to start, whether Cole Reagans would actually be like he is in Kansas City here, um, whether they should have traded for Aldis Chapman, or they should have traded for some other relievers, should have traded for more relievers. But one thing that I saw questioned, it really bothered me, is this team's heart. Now, this team doesn't care. They're just a bunch of quitters. Like, that's just stupid. Honestly, it's just stupid and childish to question the mentality and the, you know, the effort and the amount these guys care because for every little bit that you care this this is their lives everybody who is even tangentially like related to this rangers organization people from the ticket sales people to the clubhouse people to the broadcasters to the team the coaches that literally everybody lives and dies a million times more than than us the fans do i mean I live and die quite a bit with it because, you know, my paycheck is is different depending on how good this team is because people actually care about a winning team. More people will listen to a, me podcasting about a winning team. There's only so much of that that I can control. And uh, people haven't been caring as much when this team has been, uh, to put it politely, donkey dookie the last three weeks. But this has just been incredibly frustrating. And um, I just, I don't see much of a way back. For this team i mean there's not a whole lot of fixes like i said the bullpen is obviously the biggest glaring flaw the offense is mostly fine the starting pitching is mostly pretty good but there's just there's no fixing this bullpen at this point there's no internal options i mean unless you want to get just really insane and desperate and just start calling guys up from double a if you think oh yeah let's 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 take jack Leiter, who has had just the most up and down mostly down last two years first two years to start his professional career and just throw in a big league bullpen after he had had so many struggles with his mechanics early on and oh he had two pretty good outings in double a recently oh cool yeah let's just throw him the big that, that's like the most desperate move that you could possibly make and i don't, I don't think the rangers are going to do that i've also seen people talking about firing chris young and i'm like what what the heck did you expect like what what are you talking about this team has been good they are in the thick of it it's not chris young's fault that this entire team collapsed down the stretch in the most epic fashion like that's not his team he built a good team he and john daniels combined to build a good team they got in bruce bochi a hall of fame manager they brought in two superstars in the middle infield they signed a bazillion pitchers a bazillion pitchers which is what you had to do because you're relying on an older rotation that you know had a lot of injury concerns so instead of shying away from the risk you just lean into it because this team can't develop a starting pitcher to save its life it's just this team can develop like literally one single solitary middle of the road starting pitcher. I mean, I feel like my life would improve in, in so many ways, but so far they have not shown the ability to do that. Dane Dunning is like the closest you've gotten to doing that. And even he feels like a lot of smoke and mirrors at this point. But I mean, it's just feels like too much. The Rangers turning it around from a 94 loss team into what should have been a 95 
win team. Um, but that's difficult to do in one year. It it really is, and it's it's hard to to bright side when to look at the bright side when everything is um, just falling apart before your very eyes. A team that had playoff aspirations still does, and maybe they they sort this thing out and go on a run because you know right now the the Mariners are struggling. The, the Mariners have lost three straight. They've lost four out of their last five, and they go into Tampa this weekend against the Rays for four games. It is in the middle of a, a long road trip, and, and the Reds have, have had their number so far in this series. I mean, a big, big comeback by the Reds on Tuesday night while everyone was watching the Rangers get absolutely beaten down. Um, I caught a little bit of the Mariners' absolutely brutal loss to the Reds in the second game of that series, but... I mean, this is just, there's not much more to say that this team just doesn't have it this year. And sometimes, sometimes you don't. I mean, just one thing after another, after another, after another, after another. And it just all feels like it has become officially too much. I mean, unless they kick off some like five game losing, winning streaks starting right now, like starting with this game against the Astros. If you snag one against the Astros and then you're, what, two games back of them? I mean, that's better, at least, or one game, maybe one game back, I think, whatever my math is, is mathing on that, if that's mathing correctly. Um, but still, like, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what galvanizes this team. They've had, you know, meetings with Bochi. They've had players only meetings, I think. Marcus Simeon has stepped up and said things. I mean, I don't know what else is, is left for there to be done. I mean, if Corey Seager steps up and, and starts, like, throwing stuff and you know actually speaking which he, he is the last guy that is going to do that that's just not him and that's fine he he does one thing he hits baseballs very good and he does that incredibly well incredibly well but he is not going to get up there and storm around and you know throw a water cooler water cooler or whatever he, that's just not who Corey Seager is maybe if he just steps up and says like hey let's cut this crap out and go kick their butts because I mean, for most of these games, for a lot of these games that the Rangers have lost against the Astros, they they have been the better team in that game where they rallied from down 10 to 2 in the final game of that four-game set that they still ended up losing to the Astros. I mean, it felt like they were the better team in that game. And in all the games in the series in Houston um, most recently, the Rangers should have won all of those games. They should have swept the Astros, but they just didn't, and they didn't and they didn't. They keep just not doing it time and time again. This is going to be a a huge learning season for this team. It's going to be basically the same squad next year, it feels like. I mean, there's not going to be a whole lot of turnover, except I mean, we'll see what the rotation looks like next year. I mean, maybe we'll see a little bit of Jacob DeGrom down the home stretch. Um, Nathan Evaldi is going to be back. Andrew Heaney has an option. John Gray is still going to be here. Max Scherzer is going to be here. We'll see if they bring back Jordan Montgomery. I would like them to, very much so. We'll see if they bring back Martin Perez. I don't imagine that's going to happen. Uh, Dane Dunning will still be employed here in some capacity. We'll see if that's as a rotation member or as a long man in the pen. Um, honestly, have no idea at this point what that's going to look like. But this is... This is, the stretch run is hard. It's hard for everybody. And the Rangers have a lot of guys who have been there and done that. And um, they have quite a few guys who also have not. I mean, Adoles Garcia has not gone on a deep stretch run where the Rangers are trying to win in his big league career. Jonah Heim has not gone on a stretch run like that. Nathaniel Lowe was kind of up for one in his rookie year, but not really. Simeon's done it. Seager's done it before. Um, 
everybody else in this, like Garver's done it before as well, and he has been crushing it as of late. Um, it's been a nice little boost to kind of keep the Rangers in a lot of games that they probably shouldn't have been the last couple of weeks. I mean, he and, and Corey Seager single-handedly kept this team from going just completely winless the last, like, three weeks. But it is just such an epic collapse and it feels like there is no bottom like they, the bottom has fallen out from them completely i mean they have to win i believe six games down the stretch of the last 24 um to finish above 500 and uh yeah i don't know there we go yeah six six wins their next their last 24 games to finish above 500 and even though they've got three games coming up against the ace this weekend phew, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if this team can do that. Please, please, God, Rangers, just at least finish with an above 500 record. I think I predicted 85 wins, and uh, I feel like that would be huge for for this team just to get 85 wins, even if they miss out on the playoffs. I mean, this is, this is a big turnaround year, but it's hard to see any kind of bright sides and anything other than the death of this season after these two miserable, brutal absolutely embarrassing meltdowns against the Houston Astros. Maybe they can salvage one more. Maybe the season isn't completely dead, but speculating that it is anything but at this moment feels utterly impossible. Wow. What a bright side to end on. Thank y'all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball.